Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, let's start off by speaking to sports psychologist Denise Freak, who joins us on the line, especially after what we saw with Simone Biles and after what happened with Naomi Osaka recently. Uh, Denise, good evening from us on SAFM. Thank you very much for speaking to us this evening. Uh, good evening, Tabisa and listeners. It's um, it's good to be here tonight. Thank you, Denise. We're seeing more and more athletes now are coming out to share their struggles with mental health. What do you think has led to this? Because it seems like our stars were always suffering in silence. Yes, I think, uh, Tabisa, it's been a, it's been a big concern, uh, I think, for many years that athletes have actually been dealing with these issues in silence because there's been a stigma around it that if you speak out and, and say that you're struggling with mental um, issues that you will be seen as weak. It might cost you a team in a spot, a spot in a team, mm. uh, in a competition, and in an event. And then athletes choose to rather stay quiet about that. Um, so um, it has it has been changing, and I'm really glad about that because athletes are finding their voice uh, to actually say that you know I am not okay. I am struggling with 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 certain things. It can be it can be anything with regards to mental health. It can be anxiety. It can be depression. Um, Uncertainty and doubt, you know, the list goes on. I'm glad, so I think yeah. it's, it's been good. Now, I was about to say, I'm glad you touched on that because I was about to ask you, what exactly does mental health entail? So are you saying it's depression, it's anxiety? And mental health is, is in, in sport is important because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, I always say mental health is a backbone of performance because mm-hmm. you can have the physical skills, but if you are mentally not focused, and ready to perform, um, you might find yourself in a very tight spot. And that can be life-threatening in certain codes mm-hmm. uh, where you actually need to be um, completely in a, in a very good mental state um, to perform certain skills, such as in gymnastics. Mm-hmm. So the call that, that Simone Biles has made, um, you know, was one that she, I'm sure she did not take lightly mm-hmm. uh, and easily because um, that if, if she continued to participate in a state where she was doubting herself and her skills, she could really put herself into a very dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. And, and and you've mentioned that it couldn't have been an easy decision. Does it mean that she has reached a boiling point, for lack of a better word? Uh, reach what? I didn't hear. I mean, does it, does it mean that she cannot handle it anymore? It's just become too uh-huh. much for her. And that's why she's had to withdraw mid-competition. She pulled out of a final, even though she said she'll take it day by day. Yes, I, I actually saw it live when, when, when it happened and mm-hmm. she withdrew. And, you know, I don't think it is because she she reached the point where she could not handle pressure mm-hmm. or, 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 or the tension or stress anymore. I think, you know, in gymnastics especially, um, you know, I've, I've heard gymnasts say that, you know, that, that doubt or that, you know, Simone said, and to quote her, she said, when she did that first vault, she said, mm-hmm. I had no idea where, where I was in the air. And that can happen to an athlete. It, um, you know, they, they loosely refer to it as a, as a twisty, mm-hmm. as twisties, uh, when they lose control of their bodies as they spin through the air. And that is what happened to Simone. She said that as well. And um, that can cause a lot of doubt in a, in a gymnast's mind. And, um, you know, gymnasts, you know, they, they, they rely heavily on on muscle memory and that automatic behavior that they've been practicing over and over and over. And once you start putting thoughts into that process, mm. suddenly, you know, you have an athlete that needs to perform um, very dangerous skills, but they are doubting and they're thinking about what they are doing. And that can have really bad consequences. And I think she weighed that up, knowing that 
you know, if I continue, I can put myself into a serious, um, you know, in harm's way. And and I think she 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 chose her for her own sake. And it's a, it's actually a pity that it is made such a big thing because mm-hmm. you know if you if it was any one of the other athletes that might not have been seen as the goat mm-hmm. of gymnastics, um, you know, people would have just that athlete would have just slided away, and nobody would have even noticed that that you know it was such a big thing. So you know it's. Um, it is important that athletes are taking these decisions, and I think if Simone was not as mentally well prepared as she was for this event, she would not have been able to make this decision, mm-hmm. and that could have had disastrous um, effects for her. So it's basically a mental block. I, I won't say it's a, it's a it's a complete mental block. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if I, I've heard from gymnasts saying that when they when they are going through situations like this in terms of uh, experiencing twisties, they have to go back to the basics to get that confidence mm-hmm. again in um, executing certain skills. And at the Olympics, you do not have the luxury of having a few days out that you can just, <laughs> you know, get back to grips and, and and get back to basics and just start building yourself over again. Mm-hmm. That luxury you don't have. And when this happened live on, on television, um, you know, Simone left the, the arena for for a short while, yes, and she yes. returned, and then the decision was made. So I don't think she she obviously consulted with somebody, as I know the USA has a, a, a psychologist for every team there. Mm. Um, and I think it was a it was a it, it was a decision that I think was an informed one. And I was about to ask, what kind of support then do you expect her to get in an environment like the Olympic Games? Because she said she'll take it day by day, event by event. Is that also a wise decision? I think so. Um, she is not making any commitments. Uh, she makes a commitment now to say, I am going to participate in the individual finals. Now, today was the all-round final, and I know she didn't participate in that. Mm. Um, you know, she immediately puts pressure on herself again. And I think it's wise to say, you know, I'm going to take it day by day, see where, where I'm at in my headspace closer to the um, to the individual finals. So I think that that's a good decision to make. And... You know, by the end of the day, when she makes that decision to say, you know, I'm, I am out. No, that's, I've heard that she made a decision already. I'm not sure. I, I think it needs to be confirmed somewhere. Um, then we will know that it was a decision that was actually thought about very nicely, and um, it was for her own benefit. And I think we also have to respect that because, mm. luckily, every every team has they have a reserve. You know, only, and that that's a good thing about it is because any uh, for any eventuality that might happen. And all those athletes are good to take the next person's place. So, it's, it's, you know, we have to look at it in that way as well. Yes. And a couple of weeks ago, Denise, at the French Open, Naomi Osaka also came out uh, about her challenges, uh, one of tennis's most recognizable faces. And she just didn't want to do um, interviews uh, because of just her mental health issues. What did you make of the backlash that she also received because because of that? It's very unfortunate because, um, you know, she, she spoke out about something that was hampering her performance. And if you look at the, the tennis interviews that takes place, it, it's very intrusive questions that's being asked. Mm. Um, it's in detail questions about mental aspects. Is where were you in terms of your thoughts? How did you feel? And um, it's not just practical questions that's being asked. And I think she took a stance against that because it, it influences her in a, in a in a bad way and and she said so and i think you know we always expect these athletes to perform we 
you know, it, it, it's sensation, it's entertainment. But at the end of the day, we also have to appreciate the fact that they are also just people mm. and that they are human and they also need to, you know, they also go through the motions and they have, they have feelings and we need to allow them the space to deal with that. Okay, for those just joining us, we are speaking to sports psychologist Dennis Freak just about uh, mental health, health issues, especially after what's happened with Simone Bowles and how sports stars are now coming out. And we have a few voice notes that have come out, come through on 061-4104-107. That's our number for, for voice notes on WhatsApp. Evening, dear member, Tulane from Milan. Can you please ask the guest there? Doesn't she think that... Uh the impact of COVID-19 being isolated has influenced the mental health of the athletes since they cannot go to people who they spend time with after training or before training. Hi, Tabitha, and to your guests. Uh, I think this is a long overdue development in sport. I mean, I know this personally from at one stage being a high-level pool player and a very, very good driver, that once you start having that hesitation or doubt in yourself, then it's time to take a step back. And, yeah, if you're not in the zone, then, yeah, once you start thinking, you can't perform. And, yeah, it's a good thing, in my opinion. Sorry, Carl from Devon. Okay, Carl, thanks for that, and thanks for that, Tulani. We'll just take a quick break, and we'll let our guest respond after this break. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Still talking to Denise Freak, a sports psychologist. He's got a private practice, also the author of the book, Sports Psychology for Children. And also, by the way, three-time SA Woman Chess Champion. Um, just had to put that out there, Denise. Um, Tulani spoke about COVID, and, and I think that's an important point. I mean, the impact of COVID-19, would that have made matters worse, considering the challenges of traveling, living in the bio-bubble and all of that? Yes, I definitely think so. And that's a very valid comment that he made. Um, you know, uh, athletes and especially elite athletes have uh, have a higher risk uh, to experience anxiety uh, and depression because of the, the continuous pressure that they, are, that they sometimes experience. And COVID and being in a bio bubble, you know, can alleviate those feelings. And it can make it hard for athletes to also... Because... Of the, because you know, you have to, if you just think about it and you start traveling, you know, you have to be conscious, you have to be mindful about everything that you touch. You have to be mindful about everything, where you put everything, mm. where everything has been. It's, it's a whole new um, area of life that takes your focus. And as elite, you know, elite athletes try to simplify life and because so that they can focus the energy on their performance. But now you also have to be vigilant about a silent killer that's out there and you can't see it and you don't know where it is. It might be around you, it might not be. And I think that that is not good for athletes, um, well, for anybody, because, I mean, we've all now been living under lockdown for more than a year. And we all still wonder if you go somewhere, you know, am I going to be safe? And now you're traveling thousands of kilometers and you're in touch with a lot of people and, you know, there are athletes that have been tested, tested positive. So that thought is there always. And so I think it's a, it's a safety, uh, um, uh, the risk of, of falling ill is, is, uh, is there the whole time. So that's just one of the aspects of, of COVID um, situation. And if you're living in a bio bubble, you do not have the support that you normally would have had otherwise. 
And Simone Biles made the comment before the Olympics to say that this will be the first performance that she has where her family will not be present. And you know that, and she made a comment before that beforehand, and it made me realize when I read it that I, w- I hope that she will be fine just because of that, because it was a big thing for her. So athletes have not had the support that they could have had, um, you know, possibly from friends and family because of, of social distancing as well. You made an interesting comment here, Denise, about falling ill. And the reason I'm saying that is that the French Open, when Naomi Osaka said that she does, um, she's pulling out of the tournament, they said, we wish you a speedy recovery. Am I correct mm-hmm. to say that they probably didn't understand the magnitude of it or didn't understand probably the context of mental health because it seems like they treated it like an injury that she can recover after two weeks or three weeks? Yeah, I mean, I mean you don't solve mental health issues so quickly. Well, it depends. Um, you know, and... I think as as we continue from here going forward, I think there's a lot of um, information that will will go through to the general public out there. People will become more aware of mental health and mental illness and the the vocabulary that goes with that. You don't just say to people like, you know, we always say, you know, just get over it. You'll just get through it. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. It doesn't work like that. You know, you need to give that athlete time to, to process things, to talk things through, and um, it, it, it's not an overnight thing. So yes, maybe a little bit of an insensitive comment, but maybe also coming from a place which is not knowing what else to say, but but trying to wish her well. Yeah. We've got one more voice note. Let's play that. Hi, SCFM. Um, I think it's a good thing that athletes nowadays are more open about mental health issues. It's high-pressure environments that they operate in, and raising awareness makes it easier for uh, we, the fans, to be comfortable um, speaking out about our own issues. That said, um, in the same way that a person who works in any occupation, really, um, if they take a few days off, whatever the reason may be, personal leave um, for mental health issues or whatever else they're facing, that person um, either has an allocation within the year, annual leave for that, or their pay is stocked as a result. So if a person leaves the tournament, then they're losing that opportunity and that's perfectly fine. If a person refuses to speak to the media, then um, they should also uh, be docked um, their pay. Bisa, good evening. Fantastic. Oh, okay. Apologies for that. We're going to go back to that. What did you make of that last comment, Dennis? Did you get it? Um, I didn't hear the last part where you said that if a player does not want to do an interview, and then I, I, I didn't I hear the I think you were saying he must she, he or she must be docked uh, a fee for not doing interviews. Well, there are, uh, those, there are those kind of rules in sport anyway. Yeah, you know, I think um, it, it depends how intrusive the interviews are. And, you know, as an athlete myself, you know, if I arrive at an event, I want to participate. I'll do an interview at the end mm-hmm. <laughs> when I receive my medal or my trophy. That's, you know, it's, certain sporting codes have that tradition and other codes like tennis, you just have to give interviews throughout. And that mm-hmm. can be shifting your focus away from your competition. So um, the unfortunate thing about mental health and mental illness is that it is something that we cannot always see. It's not tangible. Um, it's easier to 
you know, in, in brackets, forgive an athlete for retiring or for withdrawing from an event if we can see that they are physically ill. They are can't use their foot or they hurt an arm. Then it makes sense for us all and we say, like, okay, no, it's fine. They should they should withdraw. It makes sense. Mm. Um, but with the mental as with, but with mental aspects, we can't see anything. Now we have to rely on somebody's word about something that we don't fully understand because normally with mental issues, people don't give more information because it's private. Mm. So it makes it difficult for us as the as the as the um, as the viewers and the supporters to actually sometimes understand that. And it is, as Carl said earlier on in his in his comment as well, is that you know you need to be able to function within the zone. And if you as an athlete feel that you know I am not I am not there and I'm not feeling okay, you should be able to voice that and say you know I actually need help or. Because it is, a, it is a cry for help to say, listen, I, I cannot continue further. And I mean, if you look at an athlete that has been training so hard for an Olympics that happens only every fourth year, that, that athlete will not make a decision so lightly and say, oh, you know, it's fine. Because you don't know what will happen in the next four years of your life. You, will, you might never get that opportunity again. You don't know. Um, so I think we, we need to, to cut our athletes a bit of slack, and especially the elite athletes, um, children as well. You know, these things these things now are now playing out on the elite scene, but they are happening with children in the C and the D team at school as well. And we should be looking at that also because children are dropping out of sport earlier than they should have because they they do experience anxiety and things and they don't know what to say because they talk to just get over it and oh, come toughen up and just do this, do that. And that's where we also need to be sensitive. Interesting. And you make an interesting point also about when it's an injury, people say, OK, now we understand. And I'm thinking of Roger Federer at the French Open. I mean, he pulled out before his fourth round match. He hadn't played the whole year, went to the French Open, played three rounds and then pulled out and said he doesn't think he's 100 percent fit. There was no outcry. But when mm. Naomi Osaka pulled out because of mental issues, there was a huge outcry. And for me, it seemed like Roger Federer was just using a grand slam like the French Open as a warm-up tournament just to see how far he is with fitness and nothing was made of that and instead the backlash came to Naomi Osaka so that's another interesting point that you make Dennis we're just going to have to leave it there because of time I don't know if there's something else you wanted to add no, I thought, I mean, you're on point with what you just said. Because um, yeah. I was watching the tennis, and as Roger uh, pulled out, I was like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. And when Naomi pulled out, I was like, what? Um, you know, as a psychologist. <laughs> and <laughs> I think, because you don't expect it. We, we, we expect physical injuries mm. and not mental um, things that happen that put athletes at, uh, you know, at a disadvantage where they say, you know what, I actually feel that I am not in the best place to perform. And I just want to end up with one thing, that we have to remember... That if we look at Simone Biles, for example, or mm-hmm. Naomi Osaka, they are busy with a sport career. Now, for Simone Biles, this is one of the events in her whole career. And uh, we can't judge athletes on, on one specific um, withdrawal from an event because of, of, of uh, a, an illness or a injury or a mental state. Because it, they are building their career and they are the ones that have to leave the Olympics or tournament, go home, and they need to work again for the next event and the next event. And we need to allow them that space as well so that they can recover and that they can build on the, on the, on the skills that they have already. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's important and I'm really glad that, uh, that we are talking about it more often now as well. And I, my hope is that we will also be looking at our at our child athlete, to put it that way, um, so that we can also be sensitive towards their mental needs in sport as well.
Okay, before you go, we've got another voice note here, Dennis, but I've just googled Fedra pulling out of the French Open. It actually says he, he pulled out because he opted to focus on his primary objective of winning a ninth Wimbledon title. So how's that? Good evening, Tabiso. I just wonder if you know those uh, players who wouldn't like to be, you know, especially interviewed in public. Why can't they think of the virtual interviews? You know, uh, the cases of Naomi Osaka takes me back to Ivan Landl, who was seen as this uh, indifferent person. I always, every time they talk about such people, my mind always races back to Ivan Landl. Thank you, Tabi, so nice program. I'm calling from Butterworth. Thank you for that. And actually, just to put things into perspective, with Naomi, she did not say she doesn't want to do interviews. She said she can do on-court interviews, but she didn't want to do those interviews where she has to face like 50 men um, that are asking her questions at a press conference. That's what she was not happy with. And and you make a valid point about, about doing them virtually because the other thing that I felt the French Open did not understand with Naomi was that she posted on social media that she was having mental health issues and they took it badly because they felt that she should have uh, inform them formally in the form of a press conference i don't know why but they don't they, they don't understand that maybe the world is moving and people are moving to social media and these sports stars now can own their stories and, sh and tell their own stories and their issues on their platforms and i think that's another issue that we need to look at but um denise i think we're gonna have to leave it there just because of time but thank you very much for joining us i'm sure we'll chat again soon that's a big pleasure, Tabiso, and have a good evening. Thank you. You too, Denise, sports psychologist there with her own private practice. It's in Cape Town, right? It's in Cape Town, yes, and author of the book, Sports Psychology for Children. So do get that, especially after those points that, 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 that she's made.